0: Kogi's Garage! How you doing today, bud? You Besides know, it being y- a little hot. You kind of don't like the heat. No, I hate it. But today, you were inside all day because you're hurt. I came but, outside to come to your house. First time <laughs> I come out of the house today. I, I uh, did some mowing today till about 12.30, 1 o'clock, and then uh, did some other stuff up at the park today, and it is hot. Yeah. So... I'm glad we're in the basement because it's about 63 in here. Dark basement. So
1: yeah. And I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I almost got a little sweat worked up. I'm nervous about this upcoming interview, but I'm pretty excited about it. I'm look, been looking forward to this since you told me. You know, we get certain
0: ones that, you know, you just kinda y- you do, you get nervous. You know, I mean, we talked to Ryan Timms three times now. Yeah. You know, he's gonna be on a podcast later tonight. Um, but you know, it's just yeah. You know, Lance DeWeese moment almost. Yeah, Brad
1: Doty. You know, some (laughs) of the guys. Our first outlaw that we did. Yeah. It's just, and tonight we get Wade.
0: Yeah. Wade Unger. Unger. Is that right? Something like that? Something like that. Unger. Unger. Unger.
1: Unger. Unger. I don't know. We're going to say it wrong. I guarantee it. But not Wayne. It's Wade. Wade, yes. He said somebody <laughs> called him Wade, Wayne once. They tried to worry about the last name. We knew we'd screw his name up. We oh. did, we'll did. we do our best. We'll ask him how to say it. Hopefully, we get it right once he comes on the air.
0: Yeah. And just a quick shout out. Uh, we put a thing out on Facebook about, you know, stickers. And it was kind of crazy, Tobe. Ah. I mean, we had people in California, Kansas. Um, Washington, didn't you say? PA, Seattle. Um, you know, if anybody wants to throw a Hoogie's Garage sticker on their race car, you know, let us know. Um, on your
1: pickup or your car, we don't care. Yeah,
0: our good friends at Octane Inc. is, you know, we've they're kind of a sponsor, um, and he's been kind of supplying them for me. So, um, you know, it's just a, a, a cool little thing, just getting our name out there a little bit yep. more. Yeah. Um, Please give us a five-star review. If we're worth a five, we're probably worth a two. But if you give us a five, that just makes us feel good. Um, It just gets us out there more. Tell your friends about us and everything else also. But, hey, when we come back. Wade, and hopefully I'm not stuttering when we're talking to him. You got methanol here? No, didn't bring any it in the garage. Left it in the garage. Maybe that caused your nerves. Well, maybe we should run over and get a shot before we start. (laughs) All right. Co-op energy. Your tri-state supplier for all your energy needs. Tires for cars, trucks, and tractors, and fuel like farm fuel, gas, and propane to heat your house and all your livestock barns. Co-op Energy even supplies the propane for the propane pusher. Co-op Energy has several convenient stores in towns located near your local tracks. Stop in before the race to get your gas, snacks, and beer. If interested in doing business with CEC, give Randy a call, 712-400-8216. One more time, 712-400-8216 to set up an account, or you can visit our website at www.coopenergyco.com to find a location near your favorite track. Some of those locations are Wildcat Junction in Larchwood, Jackrabbit Junction in Sibley, in Worthington, the Interstate C store, or the Blue Line truck stop. In Lakefield, it's Junction 86, and in Milford, Bogie Junction. Stop by and see what they have for you. And we're here at Hoagie's Garage. Hi, How Tob, how's it going today?
1: Can't complain, arm's still broke, but other than that, we're doing good. (laughs) Good, good. Hey, we got
0: Wade on, Wade Onger. How'd I do?
2: Yeah, perfect, mate. It's (laughs) almost like you'd fallen off the back of a push truck. (laughs) Well, I have,
1: so. Uh, so Thanks for reminding me how dumb a guy can be once in a while.
2: I, I did hear a rumor. I announce a lot of times from the infield, and I always have a set system. It's like two turns to the left, Start swinging back to the right, like resetting a timer, right? Two so turns <laughs> to the left and then back to the right. Otherwise, you literally can't find the pit gate to get out. <laughs> <laughs> it gets to be a
1: struggle sometimes. I won't argue that with you.
2: I'm just glad you're okay, mate. Do you do you write with your left hand or with your right hand?
1: I'm left-handed, so I'm good to go then because I broke my right arm. or broke my uh, right well, wrist.
2: there you go. That's what you call being prepared. I like that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's not the first time I've fallen off. It's just the first time I haven't been able to land on my feet.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's a good story for the grandkids, mate. Yep.
0: there
2: you go, you bet. Hey, Wade, why
0: don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and about your family.
2: So I live in a place called Mildura in Victoria. That's the state uh, in Australia. And it's kind of pretty central to three different states, it's like on the border of New South Wales, Victoria, and it's not very far from South Australia. So I'm not going to tell you it's the end of the world, but you can see it from there. <laughs> um, it's a beautiful little city of about 50,000 people. It's right on the Murray River. We have two speedways in town, which is a we have a car track and also a motorcycle speedway track, which is very famous. Uh, as well and we have a huge motor racing culture we have australian top fuel drag racing champions we have australian superbike road racing champions we have world speedway champions i don't know what it is in the water but it's a phenomenal city that just churns out incredible motorsport talent on two three and four wheels i have four beautiful sons uh, 22 19 17 and 15 liam riley connor and darcy and I pretty well lived most of my life around this sport, exactly like you guys.
1: So, what first drew you to race? I mean, it seems like you love racing, and and like when you come to the U.S., I don't know how many miles you put on while you're here for a couple, three months, whatever you're here. But you're on the go all the time. So, what first drew you to racing?
2: It's a great, way, a great segue for me to thank uh, Craig Ford at Pella Motors, guys, because without Craig, uh, I wouldn't have the four-wheel transportation to do exactly what you're talking about. Um, very fortunate. Last year, I put 14,000 miles on the Jeep that he loaned me, and I kind of sheepishly took it back to him thinking, remember in Ferris Bueller's day off how they tried to put the car in reverse yeah, and yep. run the, the miles off the Bueller, 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 Bueller? <laughs> very worried about taking the car back to craig guess well i kind of figured you put ten thousand miles on it so 14 is you know probably a little bit more uh my passion for speedway we call dirt racing speedway um in australia it was my my grandpa my papa he lived on a farm about 191 miles from claremont speedway in perth and every friday he'd get off the tractor he drive 191 miles to the speedway, watch that night, and then drive back and get on the tractor. And uh, he went for 35 years, and he took my dad, and my dad took me. And so it's very much like that with a lot of people, isn't it? You know, it's uh, it's passed down from generation to generation. And then some of my fondest memories were as a, as a three-year-old and four-year-old sitting on my dad and my papa's knee and my nana. At Claremont Speedway, so it, it all started from there, and I just remember being mesmerized by the smell, by the party lights that hang hung around the track, the huge stadium lights, uh, the noise, uh, and just being captivated by the whole concept, and it's never left my soul.
0: That's that's awesome. Yeah,
1: I, I have learned since we started doing this podcast and stuff, and now we actually sponsor a car up at it's a little bit of 305 that Lee Goes drives. And I don't do very well leaving the track after the races anymore. I used to be able to just leave after the checkered flag, but now we always got people we need to talk to that we've already had on the podcast, and you go visit with Lee, and now all of a sudden it's 12 or 1 o'clock at the earliest before I seem to leave anymore.
2: I think that is, you know, a lot of people get messed up on, on the cars being the true beauty of dirt track racing and nothing could be further from the truth i often say that our sport is about flesh and blood it's not about steel and wheels and you know the people are what make this sport so beautiful and only uh, you know on saturday night at knoxville i interviewed mike fisher who was the infield uh, pit announcer and from my earliest memories of coming to knoxville back in 1992 i remember hearing mike's voice saying this is your Main, your you're <laughs> And his voice to me is uh, as iconic as Tony Bokhoven on the other side of the fence. So I interviewed him the other night. He told me he's been doing that job for 42 years. And I said, wow, Mike, in those 42 years, how many nights did you miss? And he said, none. Really? Now, you, you just get your head around that and... That guy has put aside every other aspect of his life. You can imagine the weddings, the family birthdays, uh, the bar mitzvahs, you know, all that sort of stuff that he's missed over the years. And to me, Mike Fisher represents the heart and soul of our sport. Where would we be without push truck drivers? And I'm not saying that just because you are one and you fell off one. Uh, (laughs) I was looking at this incredible, beautiful (laughs) Uh, it's 1978 uh, Ford XLT Ranger that a guy named Dave owns at Knoxville. Oh yeah, that's is, a nice looking truck. It's a showpiece. And Almost there too he is. nice
1: to have in the infield for me.
2: I tried, I tried to tell him that, and he's like, no, nope. oh, he's done it for decades in that truck. So, the heart and soul of what we do is the cars uh, is great. The hot rods are cool, but it's the people that make this sport what it is.
0: So, have you ever been a driver? <sighs>
2: Uh, I have had many opportunities to drive people's cars uh, at practice nights and, you know, corporate days, and I'm often reminded of why I announce. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's an important thing, I think, for every announcer to do is to, uh, is to drive at one point because you get reminded of the one-dimensional view of the race car driver. I think it's really easy as a fan to assume Why didn't that guy see that guy on the outside when he just wrecked him? Or why didn't that guy see that coming? or? And you just don't have any perspective until you're strapped in a car. It's such a claustrophobic environment. And I had a profound experience in the very early days of my career as an announcer. I was like 17, 18. I only started a year before. And I was driving my friend's race car. And he told me, if it pushes, just get on the gas. It'll come around a little harder. And this was in a mechanics race, and I'm whistling down the back straight, pretty sure that I'm the fastest man in the world. And it, it pushed, just like he said, and I got on the gas, just like he said, and it drove straight into the sand barrier. <laughs> and as I was uh, riding back on the hook with the car, a very nice gentleman leaned through the fence and yelled out, commentate that, you moron. <laughs> and, and so when we got back to the pits... Uh, we found out that the Panhard bar was bent and the radius rod had broken. Now, when you're a driver, there's no way to explain what looks like a relative act of stupidity than saying, hey, by the way, everybody, the reason I just looked like I didn't couldn't drive a soft piece of soap is because something failed on the car. So I learned that day that you don't get a chance to explain all the time why you just look like you did. So I try to always keep some humility in my announcing. I'm not the one driving that car. No. It always looks easy from the stands, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, that's just like falling off a push truck. There's no good way to explain that either to make you look good.
2: Well, I have some moonshine called methanol moonshine that could account for something like that happening, but other than that, yes, remember two turns to the left, mate, and then one turn back. You'll be upright. You'll be good.
1: I'll have to do my best. And talking about your moonshine, we do have a bottle of that sitting over there. We haven't pulled the cork out of it yet, but what's, I just got to ask, this is getting off subject here a little bit, but what's the best way to drink your shine? Is it straight? Is it mixed with something or? No. I, I, You can try it. I think
2: it's always worth just doing a quick little nip um, just like that. Well, just to see it's how much it burns. Yeah, it's not well, it's not bad it's not like that. I think everybody has this idea in their mind that moonshine will blow your head off. And it's like and I don't get me wrong, there's people at nationals, Knoxville Nationals that hey say to me at the end of the night two in the morning, hey Wade, you gotta try my shine, and then they pull this jar out of their out of their truck and it literally will screw your head around. <laughs> but when when we came up with the recipe that we use in Australia and then again in Spencer, Iowa, where our partner distillery is We wanted it to be a smooth drinking experience, so we didn't want you to be speaking Swahili within two (laughs) sips of it, you know. So we mix it. We mix it with ginger beer. We mix it with dry. We mix it with Coke. We mix it with lemonade. And when I say lemonade, I mean Sprite or 7-Up. Okay we have a number of cocktails if you go to methanolmoonshine.com.au on the very top there's a list called cocktails you click on that and we've got probably 10 or 15 different recipes i always want it to be a drink that men and women drink i want it to be like your wife says hey babe let's have a moonshine not like you need to be a 21 year old that's going to a farm party and (laughs) you don't want to be standing in an hour i want it to be a pleasurable drinking experience but a lot of people just collect our bottles they don't actually oh, yeah. don't open the top because the bottles are so cool
1: yep because yeah bud's kids actually went up and got that bottle from him when you were up at dave's at lunch last oh, year
2: oh yeah I, I gotta say a huge thank you to dave lunch he doug clark took me out to meet him last year and uh you know, he, he did a he did a, a his own personalized bottle with his Chip Foose, uh, his Sprint Car, and his yep. John Deere, and then he did a another one with a farming shot of a drone of his of his you know tractors in the field. And he is such an incredibly humble and quiet, but caring and generous person to so many people in the industry. And I just love him. He's like a little kid, but with the best toys
1: yeah <laughs> yeah. Yep. he's got a lot of them too i've been up to the shop a couple different times and it's it's an interesting place just to look at even at his snowmobiles
2: oh but he's not a and he's not a show off no nope. like he's not someone that goes hey man like you know you got to come see this he's, he's not like that if you if you press him like you said the snowmobile collection oh my god it's like he's an arctic cat dealer yep um but <laughs> unless unless he says to you, would you like to see this you wouldn't you just wouldn't know. I said to him, when we did the photo shoot with some of our merch uh, and, and Connor, the uh, beautiful trophy girl from Houston Speedway, Oh yep. um, I Connor. said to him, I said, wow, Dave, how much is a tractor like that? And I think he said, like, I don't know. I don't know. He says, I guess it's probably 600 or something like that. I said, wow, like what are the repayments on something like that? And he looked at me, he goes, I don't know. normal people like us would go geez, how can i make the payments on a six hundred thousand dollar tractor that's gotta be and he doesn't even give it a thought because he's a very successful farming businessman but he's not got an ego he's not all he's not a a, a big you know this is me beat my chest you know which is one of his greatest attributes
0: absolutely absolutely hey we're gonna take a quick break wade and we're gonna be right back like to thank octane inc from t south dakota They pretty much do a little bit of everything. They are known for their wraps. They wrap golf carts, uh, snowmobiles, um, trailers, sprint cars, hobby stocks. It doesn't matter. Uh, Side by sides, they wrap it. Uh, They also do coolers and they will also do clothing. You can have t-shirts made there um you name it these guys can do it i work with brett uh, vanderbrink all the time he is amazing and i can't thank him enough for how much he helps me and if i were you guys i would definitely check out octane inc you can contact them by calling 605-213-8343 it is 800 east prescott in t south dakota And, again, they're just great people to work with.
1: And we're back at Hoagie's Garage. So, so Wade, we got a little off track. You know, we try to talk racing, but we don't always talk racing because I never follow the questions here. Things pop in my head. But (laughs) um, what do you see? I mean, the racing is super competitive in Australia just like it is here, but is there much difference between, like, the outlaw sprints, or is it pretty much always the same, or the track's different, or
2: Oh look, um, there's there's many as many things as there are the same. Uh, there are many, you know, not so subtle differences. Probably the the main factor is that most nights at a spring car race, the heat there's two heat races, like like an inverted first heat uh, or front fastest to the front in the first heat, and then an inverted second heat. So a driver would run uh, two heats and then a dash or a B and then the A. Uh, there might be five or six categories on the night, yep. uh, so you can start at six o'clock at night, but most tracks are done by 10, 30, 11, but it's very rare that you'll see one class and one support class. It's, it's a very much um, spectator-based concept where it's about giving the fans as much racing as possible. Uh, in, in the time allotted, the, the standard of competition over the years in Australia and the, and the standard of car owner has become phenomenal in the last five to 10 years in particular. And I think that's been reflected in when you see guys like Kerry Madsen, Ian Madsen. Uh, you know, James McFadden, of course, uh, uh, out with the Outlaws. you now got Marcus Stumsny over here, who's our current Australian champion. Linton Jeffrey. There's just so many.
0: Taylor, of yep.
2: course, is one of the pioneers of it. But in the last sort of 10 years in particular, our drivers have just come to America with a, a real renewed chance of being a front runner, if not getting the win. And I think that's a reflection of the strength of the industry back home.
1: And on a on a same type of question with Ray, I think we talked to James McFadden about it. We had him on a while back, and I asked him about the bumper car class. We watched the races over there, so I you mean, know, we get flow and good yeah. vision. We get to watch that stuff. But he thought that was mostly in New Zealand. Yes, that's correct. Can you understand correct. that? How that works? We've never quite understood it. How it actually scores or anything. It looks like rollerblading. Yeah, to it us. looks like roller derby on dirt.
2: Yeah, way. look, um, that's that's New Zealand. And i, I got to tell you, New Zealand is an entirely different bloody country to us. I don't know what... Those <laughs> guys don't even... It's like they approached the English language, they got really close, and they went, nah, <laughs> let's just invent our own.
1: Well, that uh, works. We'll go with that. We then.
2: have a... We have a beautiful sporting rivalry with New Zealand, and it's funny because quite often, you know, we'll be in a uh, Walmart or in a, in a shopping centre somewhere, someone will catch our accent and they'll say, hey, are you from New Zealand or are you from England? And I'll say, are you from Canada? And they'll look at me like completely insulted. I'll go, that's right, mate. Um we we have a, a fierce sporting rivalry with New Zealand, with rugby union, with rugby league, uh, oh, yeah. with Speedway as well. Uh, but I have to I have to be honest with you uh, in midget racing in particular, New Zealand is one of the absolute superpowers of the sport, uh, including you know when Kyle Larson and Christopher Bell and you know um, Tyler Courtney and those superstars going down to New Zealand for the World Derby and they're racing against Australia and New Zealand. It's quite often the Kiwis that, that come out on top. So in the in the midget stakes, Australia is probably third in the, the tree. New Zealand and America is pretty well the same. And then when it comes to sprint cars though, that's probably our strength. New Zealand sprint car racing is not as not as strong as um, as Aussie's. But you know that that's um, super stock racing that you're talking about, that's actually bigger than most forms of speedway in New Zealand. It's huge.
1: Yep. <laughs> We've watched. It's great fun to watch. We just don't know how, we what's just don't going know, on. We don't understand exactly the rules. <laughs> uh, I'm
2: like that. I'm like that with the NFL. I just follow along and I, I cheer for the Hawkeyes and I go, good job. And I just cheer. <laughs> when, every, when everybody else cheers, it's wearing black and yellow. I cheer, too. There you there, go. That's has been way go. not getting
0: trouble. <laughs> yeah. So I think you said that you started, if I picked up on this right, you started coming to Knoxville around 1992
2: yeah that's right that was my first uh my first visit i came for eight weeks with a buddy of mine uh he was a midget racer in perth he was 20 we were both 21 so it was absolutely the promised land we dreamed of doing it for years and we went and uh, it's funny because we flew in it was actually around the time and i'm you know i say this with respect it was exactly the time same time the rodney king um fiasco was happening in los oh, angeles yep, yep. and and I remember that our our, tra- our travel agent changed our flights to fly into San Francisco because we, everyone was so f- fears, fearful of the city just you know burning and yep. all sorts of stuff. So we flew from Perth, which is the west coast, to Auckland, New Zealand, to Honolulu, Honolulu to San Francisco, San Francisco to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, in. Basically 36 hours and the reason we went to Wisconsin is because the Beer Town Showdown was on at Hales Corners. It was a, a two-night race for the Outlaws and we were standing in the parking lot and it rained out both nights. Oh, and I, remember, I remember being in the parking lot and some guy was standing there going, Oh my God, I came all the way from Indiana for this. And I said, <laughs> Big deal, mate. We came all the way from Australia and he looked at our rental plates and he goes, Oh Yeah australia australia illinois i've been there <laughs> like, mm. and these people introduced us to these atomic fireballs this, these big candy oh yeah and yep. i remember my buddy because it, it had been raining my buddy pop went in it was that hot he was licking the rain off the roof of the rental car <laughs> and uh, this guy looked at him he said hell man one night at el Dor, it was so cold we was eating two at a time <laughs>
0: Oh, my gosh. Uh, so when did you start announcing at Knoxville?
2: That same year. Um, in fact, you know, a beautiful part. We just talked about, you know, what a beautiful sport we have. And you can become friends with your heroes in our sport, right? That's what I, I think that's what I love the most about it. And on just this Sunday just gone, I had breakfast with a man named Jack Herway. And Jack Herway was the announcer for many years along with Tim Trier. Uh, at the Knoxville Raceway, and in that 1992 visit, I called a heat race with Jack Herway. When the Knoxville Raceway announcers booth was just a table, you know, out of the main straight bleachers, and I got to announce with Jack, and uh, that was my first experience announcing with American fans. And I was, I was just captivated by their raw enthusiasm, and their, their just willingness to get up and and stamp their feet and clap their hands and and be into every moment and I still say that you know and America is is not like any other country at the moment boys it's 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 you know it's riddled with uncertainty and controversy and politics and and people you know stressed and all those things, but still the most beautiful part of this country is the pure passion and friendliness of the American race fan. It still blows me away, the friendliness and the willingness to be part of the show. And that's something that I I hope America never loses.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So... We've we've watched you announce. Tobe and I haven't gone to Knoxville until well, you were last year last was the year first, was my time, first year. But I've been going now for about four years. But we've always watched you and stuff like that. And with our podcast we've kind of you know, I don't wanna say we've wanted it to be like you, but you know, we we do like how you interview people. Um, you make it so much fun. Yeah. So my question to you is, do you come up with the questions beforehand? Or are questions just popping up into your head as you're interviewing people?
2: God, I I wish I wasn't that lazy, uh, but I am. (laughs) I, um, you know, I, I, um, I try to research from time to time, but ultimately I find that I just... I just love talking, like 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 we're talking, you know. I, li- I like I think that's probably where I enjoy things the most is breaking things down with these guys, and not asking them the standard, you know, what shock are you running or what are you doing about the tyre shortage or, because most fans have no understanding and nor will they ever understand what that shock is he just mentioned no. yep. does to handling of a car. So what they do relate to is the humanity. They do relate to that he's got a little toddler that's not letting him and his mum get some sleep. Or they do relate to the fact that his grandpa passed away this week and he's been by his side for all these years. And so I like the human element of it. And in that way, I don't have to know anything about the technology. I just want to know about people. And there was a question I had in my mind the other night with Brent Marks. I just wanted to ask him one question and it was burning. And at the end, I grabbed him, I said... Brent, I just want to ask you one question. Could you lend me 20 bucks? (laughs) And and it's because, you know, the guys won like $330,000 in the last six weeks. So it was more just to break the ice and have a bit of fun. He's probably thinking, oh, you know, since that big win in the King's Royal, what did that feel like? And I still want to know those things. But my role is we're not curing cancer boys. We're entertaining people. So my biggest thing is just to have fun and hopefully they have fun along with me some some you need to be serious some you need to approach it like that but i would much rather have a laugh with someone and get a laugh from the stands and have people feel that was good i, I enjoyed myself tonight and if i can contribute to that then then my job's been done you know
1: yeah absolutely well, budge usually got some questions figured out just in case we get somebody that doesn't talk but I don't know if we've ever asked all our questions and you know, we ask a few of them here and there and then we just ramble off you know I bring up moonshine or we bring up other things and yeah then all of a sudden we're totally off track of where we were tra-
0: thought we were going to go and, and then 45 minutes later we're done yeah then we're all done
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that's that's the best way though it's I honestly I honestly believe that that is the best way to approach it that you know you, the, you know the three of us have one thing in common is that we all love dirt racing and, and we look we think of nothing better than watching sprint cars and falling off push trucks. So if we can talk about that, we've got that in common and we should have fun with it. There's no reason why, you know, we're not at a tax seminar here. We're just talking about cars going in circles.
0: Yep. yep. And yep. that's, that's right. what we like to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, Wade, we're going to take one more quick break and we're going to come back with some rapid fire questions for you. Okay. Hey, we would like to thank our newest sponsor, Tobe, yeah. Hucits Speedway. Isn't it great to have husett's back? Oh, yeah, it is. What, oh, a, man. what a great attribute to the area. So awesome. So our new sponsorship, um, basically what we are doing is we are going to have a show um, each week after a normal, regular show.
1: Right, Tobe? Yep. Yep, normal show. Try to get the three winners together. Well, not at the same time, but same night, hopefully. And, and put together a little half-hour podcast with the winners to see how they talk about their night. and Yep, it'll just be there. a
0: 5, 10-minute
1: conversation. Well, with, yeah, like uh, we've ever had a 5, 10-minute conversation. But <laughs> with, we're not shooting for an hour show yep, or anything. with
0: each driver. and uh, Just talk about HUSITs and how the night went. and Yeah, see how it goes. So, again, we want to thank HUSIT Speedway for allowing us to do this. Yep. And who knows, maybe it'll lead to something else. All right, we're back with Wade. Hey, Wade, can you maybe just give us some of your favorite drivers that you've either interviewed or just your favorite drivers and then some of your favorite racetracks, maybe besides Knoxville?
2: Oh, look, um, my favorite driver hates interviews, doesn't speak much at all, and you have to work very hard to get much out of him unless you really you know, got something that he's really tuned into one of talking about and I saw him race at Eldora in 1992 and it, it changed my life and he's a little guy from Worcester in Ohio oh. uh, and known the wild child yep. um, until I think if you until you've seen Jack Horton child if, if he doesn't turn you on in his sprint car you haven't got a switch
1: yep. yeah we watched him several times at Houston over the years
2: yeah he's um you know and I just love the simplicity of him um you know, Jack is what he is. He hasn't got a bad word to say about anybody. He's one of the people. The minute he finishes racing, he's out of his suit, throws on his, uh, you know, his checker checker shirt, um, and off he goes across the dingus to have a beer. Or he's just one of the, one of the guys. Uh, and but when he gets in a race car, and in the Brad Dirty Book, Brad talks about how they're all standing above a, a sandstone quarry. Him and Kenny Jacobs, I think it was Brad, Jack, and I think Ed Horton Shield as well, and. They're all looking over the edge down below with the water below, thinking, "Oh, it's a long way down. I'll do it if you do it. I'll do it if you do it." Next minute, they hear this, boop, 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 and they look around. and There comes Jack. He just sprinted and jumped straight off the cliff. I just didn't even hesitate and landed in the water and uh, Brad Doty in the book says that was Jack, and yep. uh, that's what I lo- That's what we all love about him. He's just fearless.
1: Yep. I'm, I'm reading that book right now. We had we had Dodi on a while back, and he talked about his book, so we had to get it to read it. <laughs>
2: Oh, I think he's, I think Brad's one of the most quality people, you know, you asked me that question and we brought up Brad, he is one of my absolute favorite people and, and Brad and I, whenever Check It Out comes on by um, by John Mellencamp, um, Brad spent some time with me in Australia, we just drove around, I showed him my country and he showed me his back here and when Check It Out comes out by, on, by John Mellencamp, I always message him and say, hey mate, check it out, he's a tremendous person. Yep.
1: Yeah, super was- nice guy when we had him on.
2: So, any other
0: favorite racetracks other than Knoxville?
2: Oh, look, um, you know what? The funny thing is I'm a back it in guy so um i love knoxville because of the event and the racing it provides and the atmosphere and the nationals and the people um but i'm a back it in guy i like to go to a place like um kokomo or eagle um, you know he you know places like that I, I like to see a sprint car twisted up and you know stomp and steer kind of places um so you know anywhere that's you know that's a, a little bit hooky uh, and it's got some real tight corners where you have to see some really cool wheel work um yeah, that's, that's kind of my jam. So um, yeah. Knoxville's a lot bigger than most places that, that I like. I love Knoxville because of the essence of what it is, not so much the size of the racetrack, you know.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I,
1: <laughs> go ahead. I love it, too. Like at Heusage, you know, in the feature, they're in lap traffic like three laps into the race. Oh, yeah. And that's like I said, then you get to see the wheel work, and they're driving, and it just it just makes it so much fun. That must maybe that's Absolutely. why I fall off the push truck, but I didn't do that up there. I fell off in Rock Rapids. So
2: <laughs> Yeah, I heard that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, we have some rapid fire questions here for you, Wade. Uh-huh. And hopefully they're they're, they're not
1: they're, too they're difficult. Go ahead. Okay. So. Um what's your favorite flavor of ice cream, Wade? The next one. That's, that's a good <laughs> answer. I haven't had that one yet. Um cat or a dog person, or neither.
2: I love puppies, and I'll leave that with you, as to what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) These are the best answers
0: we've had so far. Do you you have any hobbies other than racing?
2: Uh, Photography. Uh, I love, I'm a photographer as well, part-time photographer. So uh, that's probably my biggest hobby other than uh, spending some time watching my kids race and play soccer. All
0: right. you have a favorite movie?
2: Whew, I have so many field of dreams is is right up there um the Shawshank Redemption the Great Escape um you know oh my god this this does I'm a, I'm a movie junkie I absolutely love
1: them I just watched The Great Escape here now I'm sitting at home not doing much I I'd come on the other day on TV so I watched it again Oh
2: Steve McQueen mate yep. he did all that stunt riding himself like and bullet like you know they obviously saved a lot of money on script writing for Bullet because he hardly said a word. But how badass were the, were the chase yeah. scenes and so you know stuff like that. Those sort of guys, like the the Steve McQueen stuff, is what I really love.
1: Um, what's the first thing you drink when you wake up in the morning?
2: Hooey. The moment.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that works. Um, uh-huh. do you like snow or rain?
2: Well, we don't get snow much. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. So um, I like rain on weekdays. Yep. Any other time, it sucks ass.
1: <laughs> Ain't that the truth? And it seems like around here it falls on the weekends more than during the week. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what's uh, What's your favorite place if you're going to go out to eat? What's your favorite place to go?
2: Uh, so I'm going to tell you now. It's called Arthur Bryan's in Kansas City. And it is about a hundred year old barbecue place, and the burnt ends there. Oh. You would walk over a mile of broken glass with no shoes on just to smell those burnt ends.
0: Oh, no, no, now we're gonna now have to stop for supper. supper time. <laughs> uh, what's, what's your favorite
2: holiday? Uh I gotta say, I'm living it right now.
1: Vacation at go. the racetrack. Yep, that's perfect. That can't do get much better.
2: No, it's uh, it's a special. This country is a special, special place to me. Um, I could go a lot of other places, and uh, I just gravitate back here, particularly to the Midwest and uh, and also down south. I've got some wonderful friends in Mississippi and Epi um, and yeah, this is my chosen place every every year.
1: Um, what what app do you use on your phone the most?
2: <sighs> Whew, uh I'm gonna say it's maps when I'm over here because it's the only way I can find my way around Uh, but um, Spotify has got to be right up there as well
1: yep Um, what's your favorite thing to eat whether it's burnt ends at the restaurant or something you get at home
2: Uh, look ribs uh, ribs and, uh, and i lived in malaysia for two years because my dad was in the military so when i was a little kid so i'm a big fan of malaysian food and uh, indian food i wasn't at the time couldn't stand it at the time but now i uh, now as i get older i, I really love it so it, that's definitely up, right up there and uh believe it or not my ex-wife cooks an incredible meatloaf uh and uh so that's that's probably right up there as well just the irony of that whole concept but yeah my ex-wife makes a pretty amazing meatloaf
1: <laughs> ain't nothing <laughs> wrong with meatloaf
2: uh... no exactly right and at, and at times there's nothing wrong with my ex-wife either
0: <laughs> <Yep>.
2: <laughs> holy shit! I... hello christy in case she hears this back home. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh what's what's the fastest you've ever driven on the highway
2: you know what it was with dave Lunstra.
1: oh out on one of his
2: mustangs and it was in it was, is it, and I, I can't tell you any more than that. Okay.
1: <laughs> I'll ask Dave, so next, well, it won't be for a few weeks, we'll be at the track. I'll ask him again how fast he was going, see if he'll tell me.
2: I did, uh, I did drive several times the Richard Petty Driving Experience at Charlotte, because my friend Barry Graham owned the Richard Petty Driving Experience, and I think we did 140, 150, something like that, when I was driving in the Rusty Wallace Miller Genuine Draft car, because that's yeah. what I picked. So that's about the fastest I've ever gone.
0: All right. What's your, what's your favorite drink? Maybe this one's obvious, but. Yeah, look, um,
2: methanol moonshine and ginger beer, we call it a dust storm. Uh, it's pretty hard to, uh, to go past the methanol moonshine dust storm poison. When we get together next, uh, we need to tip a couple
1: back. All right. (laughs) Um, If you could own any car pickup vehicle in the world and and didn't have to worry about what it cost you, what, what, what would you get?
2: You know, um, my, my buddy down in Mississippi has got a, uh, a Corvette, and I'm going to say it's like a 58.
1: Okay. I yeah. think it,
2: it's the red one with like the white wing down the door. Okay. Uh, he, he got it given to him for his 18th birthday. Uh, his, his family owned a Corvette dealership, so I'm going to say it's pretty hard to go past. I'm a Ford guy, but oh my God, I love Corvettes. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Well, Wade, we we can't thank you enough for coming on our little podcast that we have going on. So we we really appreciate you doing this. And, hey, maybe we'll see you down at Knoxville. We're
1: going to do our best to look you up to at least say hi.
2: Yeah, make sure you do. Make sure you come down. Uh, I can't wait to get into Nationals 360 Nationals. That course um, kicks off on Thursday. I'm heading back for that tomorrow to get sorted out and then the cappy race coming up on, on sunday which is one of my absolute favorites yep. and then we get into the the greatest show on on dirt so uh boys i can't wait i really appreciate your time and your friendship and also appreciate you grabbing a bottle of methanol moonshine and when you come to Knox, i'd love you to get a copy of my new magazine It's called this speedway life it's available at the track or at the national spring car hall of fame and uh yeah i really appreciate your support boys
1: we will do that thank you again so much wade this was great
2: you guys stay upright and stay at of back of push trucks. Yeah, uh, we'll do that. Drive safe. <laughs> Thank you, boys. All Bye-bye. Right.
0: Bye. Lester Day celebration is Friday, August 19th, and Saturday, August 20th. Start your night off Friday with a Rescue Squad fundraiser with inflatables and fire truck rides, and there is also going to be a new glow run this year for Friday night. Saturday, start your morning off bright and early with a smoking competition. Get a hold of Buddy Kellenberger for that. At 7.30, till 9 there is a breakfast at the community center. Then the parade is at 10.30, followed by a lunch put on by People's Bank at the community center. Live music by the Teals Band. Three-on-three basketball tournament. Face painting. Inflatables. 4-H concessions. There's an a and car show on Main Street, a golf ball release, cow pie bingo. Also brand new this year is a Chuck Wagon presentation. There's a kid's tractor pull. The raffle will happen right after that. There is a beanbag tournament starting roughly around 4 o'clock down at the Ball Diamond, followed by a home run derby for kids and adults. And then to cap it all off, there is a street dance by the caboose, What a great day for the village of Leicester. And we're back. That was fun. Wade is
1: just, you know, he's just a great guy. He's just Wade. You watch his stuff on YouTube and at the track and stuff, and he's
0: just fun. Yeah. Easy to visit with. Nobody else is going to answer our rapid fire questions the way he did. Ice cream, the next one. (laughs) What an answer. (laughs) oh but just the things you know that he does you know to try and relate to people in an interview rather than just asking the normal questions and stuff like that and you know he just he has a different approach of how he does things and I just think that's what makes him so awesome
1: and I sure hope we can find him somewhere down there when we're at Knoxville for the for the 410 Nationals absolutely we need to say hi yep. I mean we know what he looks like he has no idea what a couple <laughs> of rednecks from Lester Iowa look like so uh, yeah just so. to stop and say hi and thank him again
0: yeah hey uh, another quick thing uh, before we go um, Lester days is August 20th any of you race car fans want to take your cars through the parades that would be great um, you know I, I think people in Leicester would love to have it. So. No, we would. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there's at least, now, well, there's... there's at
1: least six or eight of us that sit in the garage every
0: weekend. So.
1: <laughs> so you bet. All right. Hey, that's it. That's it. Thank you, folks. Hope you enjoy. Hope you enjoy.